and welcome along to the Vinnie White podcast from Togo, a small country in Africa. Yes, I am visiting Togo and coming up in today's podcast, I broadcast from a restaurant that is showing a French version of the Antiques Roadshow. I go to a fetish market slash museum, which is basically a place where you can go and buy all of the stuff you could ever need to perform white magic, witchcraft. Yes, a witchcraft market in Togo. That is proper weird. Also, coming up later in the podcast, I chat to Charlie. Uh, Charlie, you might remember, is the guy that I was riding along the road on my motorbike and I saw a guy, a white guy, in the middle of nowhere in the uh, countryside of Ghana. And I stopped and asked him what he was doing. And he said, oh, you know, just walking from Denmark to Tanzania. Charlie's been on the road for literally years and uh, he will continue to be on the road for many more years to come as well. So coming up in this podcast a little bit later on, back in Ghana, I will talk to Charlie. Yes, I caught up with him and we had some dinner. So we'll put that interview out as well. It's really fascinating about a man that currently is in Ghana that has walked all the way from Denmark. Obviously, you know, this guy's got some stories, so I couldn't wait to talk to him and it was really, really great to uh, get involved with him. So all that is coming up. Also, if we get time, it might be in the next podcast, I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm going to church with Charlie and another couple of people and some hidden microphones in Ghana at 2.30 a.m. Yes, church is a late night affair in Ghana and I went to church and recorded some of it. So I'm going to try and chop that up and play you some of that. So all that is coming up on the podcast. I am in Togo and Ghana for a Vinnie White special. Might not be the most clever place to do this, but here we go. I am in a market in Togo. Yep, I'm in Togo. Oh, it's still hot, it's still noisy. There's still women carrying things on their head. It's still mental. Um, but the good thing about, hi, yeah, whoopie do. The good thing about um, doing a podcast as you're walking through all of this is because it looks like you're on the phone, well, actually, I'm holding a, something completely irrelevant up to my head in case, in case my phone got stolen, which I don't think is likely, but basically well, what I'm doing, what I'm saying is, is I am walking through Lome in Togo with a book held up to my head that looks a bit like a phone so that no one bothers me and I can talk to you about what I see. I don't really need to describe what I hear, but I should probably describe what I see. A lot of fabric, a lot of motorbikes, a lot of cars who are in a real rush to get somewhere. Same all over Africa. A lot of hubbub, you know, usual stuff. Dusty streets, all kinds of drinks. There is one or two massive differences between here, though, and neighbouring Ghana. First of all, in Ghana, the bread is bloody awful. It's really sweet and rank. Here in the market, they're selling French baguettes. Ah oh, yes, the French left a good impression. And the French did a good thing there. 
Um, that's another thing. Not only do they eat French bread, quite obviously, and slightly more importantly, perhaps, they also speak French. Um, as well as all their various... Oh, hang on. Don't hit me. Oh, no horn. Amazing. Ah, too late. Okay. Um, yeah, so... Oh, it's very hard to do this. Anyway, yeah, it's French. Uh, here's, some, here's some facts from the comfort of a nice, clean, safe, slightly cooler hotel room that I can give you about Togo. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Togo facts. Welcome to Togo, officially the Togolese Republic. It's a country in West Africa. It's bordered by Ghana to the west, Benin to the east, and Burkina Faso to the north. Togo covers 57,000 square kilometers, which makes it sound quite big, but actually, it's one of the smallest countries in Africa. It's got a population of about 8 million people, and 1 million of those people live in Lome, the capital, and where I am visiting. Education here in Togo is compulsory, but only for six years, meaning it's not the most developed of countries. If you do want to make money here, then it's probably going to be in coffee or cocoa exports. I settle in a restaurant showing live daytime TV, beaming all the way from France. It looked like a French version of the Antiques Roadshow. It's just kind of weird watching people discuss antiques in France. When outside it's 35 degrees and there's a woman walking past with 200 coconuts on her head. What I'm saying is, I don't strike me as the sort of people that think, you know what I want to watch? Is uh, what's going on in the Paris antique scene today. Weird. Anyway, I'm going to... The, I was in the market and now I'm going to the fetish market. That's what it's called. Um, and the fetish market, according to my guidebook, it's, it stocks all the ingredients for traditional fetishes. Not a sexual thing. Fetishes as in witchcraft, I suppose. They have porcupine skin. They've got serpent heads. Uh, it says here, it's all a bit grisly, but it's important to remember that the vast majority of Togolese retain animist beliefs and fetishes are an integral part of the local culture. What you tend to find in West Africa, obviously a lot of it's Islamic, but these countries that are Christian are very successfully Christian, and they're very successfully Christian because the people that settled after the first wave of explorers were all hardcore Bible bashers, missionaries, and those missionaries were absolutely incredibly effective in uh, brainwashing uh, people through various propaganda and uh, turning them into Christians. But what's happened is, although it's prominently Christian here in Togo and indeed in Ghana, a few other countries around here, um, you've still got those tribal beliefs, those tribal fetishes. So quite often they're mixed in. So people will say, I'm a Christian, but also I believe in voodoo. Or I'm a Christian, but also um, I, I have tribal beliefs. Um, and quite often I speak to my elders, uh, my long past elders. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at the fetish market. That's where we're going now. I am in Lome, Togo, and it's time to hit the road to go to a fetish market. I'm not driving my bike today because I need a day off. My bum hurts. Give me 500. 
Yeah. yeah. Is that okay? Does that look good? Yes, give me two. It's not bad. Two, two's here? You don't give me 500? You don't love me anymore? <laughs> it is not bad. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick bit of stealth recording here. Sure, I'll be there in a sec. My taxi driver has dropped me off at the fetish market. Not, not sexual fetish, voodoo and stuff. I'm going to meet the boys. Three African fellas dressed in full garb. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Bonsoir. Bonsoir. How are you? Good. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the fetish market. Thank you. Oh, I'll pay to get in? Yeah, it's good. Like it's good. Just, to, it's just good. to walk in? Yeah, just you. For example, this here. Beautiful. Thanks. Okay. A but ticket or not? After, I can give you for a reason. Afterwards, you give me no a ticket? No problem. After, I come to give a ticket. Well, why, don't you, well, why don't you give it to me now? What? You know what? I just want a ticket right now. <laughs> Otherwise, it all goes in your pocket. <laughs> I know what you're doing. I was led to a table of beaks, bones, and feathers. Are these, yeah. what are they, dead birds? What is that? Oh, there's dead birds. Yes, that is bird. Yeah, but wow. I don't know the name in English. But uh, in French, we say toucan. Oh, too calm. So what, what, is, what do you do with that? We use uh, with uh, owl, we put in uh, carabach we make on fire, and after we reduce all in black powder. With a blade, we cut our skin like this, and we put the, uh, the powder in that is easy to protect and to cure witchcraft. Oh, you cut yourself and then you put in the bird into your skin? Yes. It was only at this point I realised my guide had tiny cuts all over his body, some on his face. He showed me where he would put in the powder inside the cuts in his face. The powder of a ground down dead bird. Yeah, we have a snake cobra. It's a dead snake. That is cobra. Oh. It's the head. With cobra, just a, a head of snake viper and a head of uh, domestical dogs. Domestic dogs? Hairs. Dogs, yeah. dogs? Dogs. Oh yeah, it's a dog's head. Oh my God. Uh, we prepare one fetish we call in my language, Leba. Leba is a house protector against bad spirits and robber. So you, you use a dog's head to protect against robbers? Yes. Why not just use the dog? Uh, 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 we use uh, also uh, to prepare medicine to protect against dog bites. You use, really? That's incredible. Yes, uh, really. You use dog heads yes. to protect against dog bites. What's the cobra for? Is the cobra to protect against cobra bites? Yes. Oh, makes sense. Head oh. of a horse. Head of a horse. Yep, that, I'm looking at with a horse's a bone, head. With a bone of a horse. Yep. Plus a bone of an elephant and hippotamus. Right. Uh, we prepare one fetish we put in bath water to bath our body. Is it first to cure a stroke? Yeah. Second, uh, is it to give force 
to old person or a baby to give him force to be very strong. You use a horse's head, mm -hmm. a bone, a bone. Ah, the bones of a horse's head, yes. the skull, and then you put it in hot water mm -hmm. in the water. bath. Yes. And then you put the baby in in the bath. No. No. Uh, we, uh, we make water on that, and then we use the water to bath the baby. Oh, okay. So you take the head out mm -hmm. and then put the baby in. Yes. And that makes a baby stronger. Yeah, it will be strong. Is there is there any evidence of that or? Uh, uh, we uh, is for every person. Yeah. And also for old man. Is it? Mm -hmm. Have you, Have you done that with your children? Have you put a horse's head in the bath? With your Have you got children? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Did it work? Are they strong? Yes. Strong babies. So just one more question. Yes. You have You have babies, right? And you put a horse's head in the bath and then you take the horse's head out and you put the baby in and the baby's stronger. Yes, when uh, it's not uh, only a uh, horse bone, we add in an elephant bone elephant and bone. hippopotamus bone. Right. Yes, three yep. bones, we put there, plus some herbs, and after we collect, we collect uh, the water mm -hmm. to bath baby. I see. And you've done that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you got strong, strong babies? Yes, yeah. strong baby. So I guess it worked. That's interesting. They don't do that in, um, they don't do that in London. Yeah, in London. Well, it's hard to get the elephant yes, bones. Uh, and uh, uh, when we, where we will get an uh, elephant bone? Exactly. It's forbidden uh, uh, to our country. Yeah. This, the smell of dead animals is quite, oh. Here we have a horn of a cow. Oh yeah. In formal time, our grandfather used to like a trumpet alert the villagers when the village is under attack by enemy. Oh. Can, you, can you do that? Yes. You need to we, chop the. They bill. make a hole here or the catch here, mm. and uh, nowadays we use in a traditional African dancing. Do you? Oh, wonderful. Yes. With drums? Yes, with the drums. Okay, I'm looking at a table in front of me that has monkey heads, possibly. It's hard to say. Oh, yeah, there's a monkey head. Yeah. Is that a monkey head? It's monkey's head, cat's head. Cat's head. A parrot's head. Parrot's head. Colibri, plus some herbs, all in powder. We mix with honey. With teaspoons, we drink small quantity every morning. Is it to have good memory? Does it work? Yes, they work. <laughs> I need some of that. I've got uh, a bad memory. Uh, please, uh, in Africa, yeah. uh, we know some medicine is a traditional, and then after uh, uh, colonization, we come and post modern medicine to us. Mm. Do you ever go to like a normal pharmacy or do you do everything? Uh, here is like a traditional pharmacy. It is, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Traditional pharmacy. Is it expensive? I mean, how much is a, how much is a dog's head? Dog's head? Yeah. You like to buy it? Well, not really, no, but I am interested yeah. how much it would be. Maybe like 7,000. 7,000 mm -hmm. for a dog's head. That's quite expensive. It's expensive. Is it? I don't know actually. How much is a dog? 
Where do you get? Where do you get? Okay, we are not a hunter. We are not a hunter. Uh, we are here. We buy and resell. If somebody go to hunting or uh, to get uh, the animals who die natural, they collect the rest and come sell for us. I see. Yes. Okay. Now I feel a bit wrong being here. I know it's ev everything's natural, isn't it? It's all about. Um, there's there's a table in front of me with maybe 100 different dead animals. You've got dead snakes, you've got dead mice, dead chameleon, mm -hmm. dead birds' heads at least, dead toads. Is that a toad? No, it's, it's the head of snake viper. Oh, it's the head of a viper. Everything's about dead animals. Do mm -hmm. each of these animals do different things? For, for uh, uh, we have here. Some animals who hunter go hunting and kill, eat and come sell the rest. They die natural. Yeah. Uh, we are here like um, a simple uh, seller. Yeah, I understand. I'm just, I'm still wondering though, does everything do something different? So this is good for your legs, this is good for your head, yes, this is good for your memory. Our, yes, uh, okay. Uh, that is uh, like, we was learned that when we, uh, our, our work is uh, translated to father to son. When you, uh, your father, after consult, shows you, okay, it's you who will change me when I will die. You come and they initiate you. Ah, well, there's some chameleons drying in the sun. Yes. Next to a bird's, a bird's head. This would be a good place for a horror movie. What's this stuff here? That is herbs who you use to compose some fetish. How? What, you burn it or you cook it? Uh, we grind it, we put oil, we cut in pieces. Oh, there's the skin of a cat. Yes, butch cat. Okay, oh, it's a dead cat with no eyes. Fucking hell. Um, wow, that is really quite smelly. Um, what is this guy? It's a sheep. So, is this witchcraft? Would we call this witchcraft? Black magic? Yes, not. Uh, we have a, a black magic, but here only we use a white one to defy the black. Ah, so yeah. what, what is black magic then? Black magic is we use to do bad. Oh, is that what that is? Yes. Ah, this is to protect and to make sure everything's yes. alright. But you can actually do harm on someone through black magic. Mm -hmm. Well, let's not do that. Let's make the world a better place. Yeah, black magic is not good. Although, if you want to do some black magic on Donald Trump, that would be fine. Yeah. You know, Donald Trump, uh, he needs Trump. a little bit of black uh, magic. Donald Trump uh, is foolish. I don't like him. No, no. nor do I. No, 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 no. Can we do a little bit of black magic? They come and do bad, bad, uh, refuse a uh, uh, passport uh, to, you uh, know. Uh, they will be like uh, Obama, it's good. Yes, exactly. I like Obama. Yeah. So let's do some black magic on Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's great. I'm glad I came. Yeah. More heads. Oh, there's an aardvark. Well, that's a new one. That's a dead aardvark, which, by the way, looks quite like a live aardvark. 
How long has it been dead? Yeah, uh, maybe ten. What, ten years? That's ten years. Oh my god! Oh, he's turned it upside down. Oh my god! Now you you work here every day, don't you? You're every, here every day. Yeah. So for you, this is all very normal. It's just like a normal supermarket. But for us white people, it's probably, it's quite weird. It's good. It's good though. Yeah. Crocodile. We put the head of crocodile. Yeah. Uh, plus uh, uh, starfish. Starfish we add into head of crocodile plus some herbs. We have one fetish we call in my language Mamiwata. Mamiwata is mammal. Mammal is uh, the spirit who protects a marine in big sea. That is a viper. Well, I've never seen anything quite like this in my life. How many dead animals are there in this place? I don't know. It's got to be like 10,000. Well, I think we'll leave it there. That was very interesting. Okay. What's your name? My name is Christian. Christian? Because mm. usually that's quite religious. Are you religious? Yes. Are you a Christian and...? I, I have uh, also my name, uh, village's name. My village's name is Pajilandi. Uh, oh, I prefer that. That's yeah. good. Pajilandi. Pajilandi. Yeah. Do women ever come in here? Not. No. Just a man's job, eh? Yeah, you, uh, uh, you come by all the animals to do uh, uh, something better. Woman, not here. Yeah. Well, I'm going to leave now. I need a beer. Is there a bar around here for a beer? Beer? Yeah. Do you need to, to drink? Well, beer? I don't need to, but I want okay. to. We have a, a Great. I've just left the Fetish Museum. I don't know why they call it the Fetish Museum. They should call it the Museum of Various Dead Animals. About as many as you can think of, from porcupines to dogs to cats. Some fairly newly dead and some dead for 20 odd years. Oh, it's, it's really weird. It's really weird. I think the, the thing that's most fascinating about it is that here we are in a country that has widely adopted Christianity and yet there's still clearly a huge degree of tribalism that's still practiced. And a lot of the mix, right, from what I've heard and read. So uh, the guy that just gave me a tour, his name was Christian. And one can only imagine that, I don't know, I'm just gonna demonstrate that perhaps he might be a Christian. And yet, of course, he also believes in black and indeed white magic as we've just seen. This is a museum of essentially white magic, i.e. everything that you see here, or, or smell here. I'm standing outside it, I can still smell it. I mean, obviously it's all bullshit, that's fairly clear, but it's, it's all bullshit in the same way that so is me visiting a cathedral in England, or indeed a mega church in, in Texas. I mean, is it after all any weirder to give children chocolate eggs to celebrate the resurrection of a man some 2,000 years ago? Or is it weirder to put them in a bath where a few minutes before there was a horse's skull in a bid to try and make you stronger? 
put that on your Facebook wall and ask your friends. I liked my time in Lome in Togo, hot and crazy and never short of some loud action. It was, uh, it was a booming little town, but unfortunately I only got to spend a few nights there. On my last night, uh, I was sat at the bar when a prostitute said that she wanted to offer me... You want to give me... A suit Jerry? What does that mean? Oh, a sweet joint? I do not understand. Joy? Oh, joy! Pleasure! Happiness! Right. Oh, no, I've already got lots of happiness. I've been very happy. I have a motorbike, I've got sunshine. I'm drinking vodka in uh, Togo. Because <laughs> I feel like our, our relationship is quite new. <laughs> and I feel like it's really not that in depth. <laughs> Do I want to see you dance tomorrow night? Yes. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow night, buddy boy. Tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Best night of your life. You're gonna meet my girlfriend. You're gonna love her. Good night, Rose. And so it was, I parted. And alas, I never saw Rose again. Bless her. Um, so it was back to Ghana. So it's time to head back to Ghana and to meet up with a guy who I met on the highway, walking along, minding his own business, just doing a short walk from Denmark to Tanzania, like you do. If you have listened to the previous podcasts uh, of my time in Ghana, you will have heard the moment that I met him by pulling over on the side of the road and asking him what he was doing. Um, an amazing guy, he's raising money for water projects in Tanzania. He's walking every day, taking sponsorship, uh, which I have to say, if you would like to donate any sponsorship, then that would be very much appreciated. You can find out all about the project um, in, the, in the interview you're about to hear, but you can also find out more and donate at walkingforwater.dk. So that's walkingforwater.dk. So his name's Charlie. Uh, I sat down in a pretty swanky restaurant for Ghanaian standards. Uh, had a grilled fish and a cold beer, $5. I love Ghana. Sat down with Charlie and discussed his journey so far. Let's start with the background. What the hell inspired a man to walk about 8,000 kilometers. That's how far he'll walk in total. And he's done most of that already. 8,000 kilometers is the journey. So I'd started by asking Charlie a simple question. What is the background behind this crazy long walk? The background for this whole journey actually kind of started where it ends in Tanzania. Mm. In 2013, I was volunteering in, in Tanzania. I was a... Uh, I was there to start an orphanage and I was living as the only Westerner in a remote community of, of the Maasai people. While I was there, uh, I experienced how they were really struggling with, with lack of clean water. We on the orphanage could buy water to get delivered 
uh, in big uh, barrels, but the poor people in the village could not do that. They were walking with their donkeys. So early in the morning, the women would walk out with their donkeys and come home in the afternoon with buckets of clean water. Other people, they don't have the, the physical uh, endurance or the time to spend all the day walking for water. So they will drink contaminated water, take contaminated water to use for domestic uses. They wash their clothes in cow piss. I mean, they really economize with the water. And so it, that's desperate for water, though. It is. They can't even get uh, unclean water to wash clothes. No. Wow. So it's a, it's something that when you come from Denmark or, or England or any Western country, we are used to even the smallest uh, apartment have several sources of yeah. clean water. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's really a, a shock to see that that in this world that seems to get smaller, it's a seven-hour flight away. There are people lacking these uh, very, very basic needs and yeah. who are actually dying from, from diseases. So unlike so, a lot of people, you decided to walk from Denmark. When I saw this, I decided, okay, this is uh, my opportunity to uh, give my life a purpose. Yeah. That is, uh, it's worth waking up to, you know, and it's worth dying for. Yeah. And. Uh, Speaking of which, and I think you're amazing and I love what you're doing, so please don't take this the wrong way, but you're going to go through the Congo. That's quite dangerous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what people I, say. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been there, so I don't know. Yeah. Is there, I mean, you've obviously got quite a chilled persona, but is there anything that makes you nervous about doing that? I'm Would not... you die for this? Yeah. Yeah, I have no doubt in my mind. I I will finish this. Or I will die trying. Yeah, and that is maybe also what makes it easy because uh, it's it's like a pledge I made to myself. So I have thrown away the canceling cards, you know. Yeah, it is uh, for me. It's it's there's only one way. I met you at the side of the road about a week ago. Yeah. And you were pushing a lot of stuff, dressed as, may I say, some sort of medieval warrior from the Sahara, <laughs> covered in white robes, sweating your balls off. I was wearing my jalaba, my Moroccan jalaba. Did you get that in Morocco? Yeah. Okay. Born in Morocco. It's 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 very nice both to walk in, but also just to chill in because uh, the thing when I walk. Uh, I'm often under the sun. Oh. I'm I'm in Africa now, and I have been in Africa for the past one year and eight months, and and it's it's hot here for my my pale skin, you know. Yeah. So uh, if I don't wear long sleeves, I will get I will lose my skin on my arms. This jalaba is is very, you know, loose. You still get air in. You must stick out like an erect penis around here. I mean, <laughs> first of all, this trek, which has so far taken you two years and eight months, I thought when I first saw you, oh, what a solitary existence. But of course it isn't, because people run out of villages to greet you. You're an anomaly 
Do you ever feel a bit overcome by children hanging off you? Yeah, people yeah. wanting you to go into their house. Yeah, it's my biggest challenge here is to to not be arrogant, you know, to keep uh, smiling because I have to remember I'm a guest in this country or in every country I go, I'm the guest yeah. and they have their culture. When, when everybody is very uh, intimidating for Danish standards here, it's, quite, it's very normal for how they are living among each other. There, there is not the same... Um, Moral code. There's a lot of no. shouting and... In, and there's, a, there's a lot also... What of, Westerners of, might view as intimidating behavior. Yeah. Is that fair? I think most people are just very curious and they are not used to seeing white people walking through their villages, obviously. Yeah. It's not something that happens ever. So I can I can understand why they are interested in knowing what is going on. You've got that sort of difficult balance between not ignoring them because that is arrogant, but that also not get, getting but, too involved. But sometimes it's less arrogant if I just have my earmuffs on and and act like I don't hear them. You know, it's less yeah. arrogant than actually recognizing them and not coming uh, when they try to wave towards me or start walking towards me because right, yeah. I cannot stop fifty times every day just by minutes then I never get anywhere and I also get out of my flow and this guy has been walking for two years and eight months from Denmark is heading to Tanzania not in any way the quickest way and is currently in Ghana so two years and eight months on looking like it's going to be quite a while longer before he gets to his final destination that must be quite psychologically demanding is it which part but your your end goal is so far away. Yeah, I, I think it will take another two years from now. Do so you really? It's, it's gonna be more like five years in total. All right, so that psychologically is, is quite an awesome achievement, in the sense that your your end goal is always so far away that even the fact that you break it down into chunks can sometimes make it quite difficult. Correct me if I'm wrong. Certain parts can be difficult, but I. I, I don't ever feel like it was the wrong choice or that I, I feel like quitting it or something. I, I generally am very happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. And I don't feel, uh, oh, it's another day, poo, it's exhausting to get up. I, I, I feel happy every day when I wake up. Imagine the moment when it's all over, assuming that you get to Tanzania, which you're doing very well to do so far, um, in a couple of years' time. Can you imagine that moment? Do you think about that moment much? I don't think so much about it, actually. I, I'm, I don't know. I do, I'm not busy to get there as such. I, I'm thinking more of what I'm in now and what the next country and, you know, there's still so long. So I didn't, don't think so much uh, on, uh, I'm not longing to get it finished. I, I kind of enjoy it. And uh, of course I have some imaginations of how it will be. Uh, it will be interesting to see the people again that I know from all these years ago. Yeah. When I come there, it will be uh, six years ago, I saw the kids on the orphanage, you know, in six years, uh, children grow uh, a lot. So. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing them again. I'm looking forward to seeing my good friend and translator, Nick, who, uh, who was the only one I could have deeper conversations with when I was living in this village because everybody was speaking 
Kimasai, yeah. and I don't speak uh, Kimasai, so 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 he was my only really close friend, and he's yeah. also a part of the organization now. I'm, I'm looking forward to 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 greeting him again in person. What is your parents? Are they, your parents still alive? Yeah, yeah. Are they still together? No. no. What did they say about this? Actually, my mother was uh, very supportive all the way. Yeah. She. Um, I was, when I was very young, I was uh, in Afghanistan as a soldier, and that was very hard to my mother. She was uh, really getting depressed on this, and, and, and she tried to talk me out of it for a long time. And she experienced that the only thing she got from this was me taking more distance from her, because I don't. I'm 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 an adult man. I make my own decisions. I don't need all this negativity around it, you know. So I think she learned a lot from that and after when I have been doing uh, long journeys or, or whatever I never been to war since then but 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 other journeys she have she have just supported me instead of trying to talk me out of it. Yeah. My father on the other hand he was uh, he thought it was plain stupid. Does he, still, do does he still think it's plain not stupid? Not anymore. Not anymore. So what's changed? How I think because you're not dead and you're you're raising money. He see that I'm happy, you know. Yeah. See that I'm happy with what I'm doing. He see that it makes sense. And today he is a part of the organization. He is uh, helping with with small things, and uh, I'm I'm happy to have him along. My, both, both have been visiting me several times. Yeah, I remember you saying that whenever they're in town, you get to stay in a nice hotel. Yeah, yeah. Because nice normally I'm I never pay to sleep. Yeah. But sometimes people uh, visit me and they want to sleep in a hotel. Normally, they don't want to so sleep in a forest. So in then a they pay for you. me. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, they don't want to sleep yeah. in an hill. That's amazing. So you've got a couple of years to go. You're doing bloody well. If uh, people are interested in your project, where do they find it online? They can go to the website walkingforwater.dk. Walkingforwater.dk, as in Denmark. In Denmark, but the, the the language is in English and the website. Okay, cool. And you donate water. little money to make sure that those Maasai villages. That's also possible. Yes. Get some of the water they yeah, need. Yeah. Charlie sleeps most nights in his hammock, unless he's in a capital city, and then he'll treat himself to a hostel. Sometimes he sleeps outside between two trees, and sometimes when he's in small towns. He'll stay in the local police station. Sometimes he'll actually even be put in the unlocked cells for the evening so that he's safe and secure. The local police, in Africa in particular, like to make sure that everyone that's passing through their little towns is well looked after. There must be some stories. It was time to ask Charlie what have been the problems on this journey so far. So I asked him, what's been the worst time you've had on this adventure so far? I think the worst time, if I remember back, was about Guinea-Bissau. I was very fed up at that point with, with, with these cultural changes. And when I came to Guinea-Bissau, I, I, maybe I was unlucky, but I, I, I found that people were more rude than usual and I just felt more agitated, you know. I, ah, my fuse was getting shorter and shorter. And, but it, it, it went over again and I'm getting more used to the... But there was no incident, there was no mugging, no stabbing, nothing? No, I haven't been stabbed yet. Uh, <laughs> mugging, well, maybe, but... What do you mean, maybe? 
And how is that in your? How is that not number one? If that's true, you've been mugged, but you just sort of ignore. No mugging. Okay, I thought you meant said mubbing, like uh, I don't know what mugged, like robbed. Uh, yeah, robbed. Have you I been haven't robbed? been robbed. You haven't. Not at all. I think that's one of the most important lessons of this entire I have not broadcast. In, in, for in, people that think in Africa's what? dodgy, this man's been exactly. walking for two years exactly. and eight months, yeah. staying well, in the middle of forest. But, but, sure. but a year and eight months I've been homeless in Africa and nobody attacked me, nobody robbed me, nobody stole from me. Think of that. I mean, that is, that is phenomenal. The best time, one of the most biggest highlights for you. I was uh, in the Gambia doing uh, doing the recent transition. They had had a dictator for 22 years, mm. and while I was there, they got a new president. Imagine a country where where you have been living in in fear of of speaking your mind and in in poverty because uh, he was very pan-African. He didn't want much to do with the world and. And suddenly there is a lot of opportunities. All the workless people, from one day to another, they get day contracts to to start building a future. You know, uh, it was it was really a, was really an ama amazing experience. To so it was a <laughs> quite intense time and and the, from, the last from days, very dark to extremely light yeah, very quickly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It was it was unbelievable. It was really nice. Well, Charlie, walkingforwater.dk. People can follow your journey, yeah. see exactly where you are. Yeah. Hopefully, check out that you're not in any trouble, yeah. and indeed donate and, to and the project. Follow the website. Yeah, no, follow the Facebook page because that's where I upload. Yeah. Good luck with the rest of it. Thank you. Um, cheers. Yeah, skull. Skull. And to the other poor bastards that had to sit at the table and not say anything during this. French and American. What have they done to deserve this? Thank you very much. And Charlie, we wish you the best. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much to Charlie Christensen, who is uh, continuing to walk across Africa and will be for quite some time, it would seem. I'm going to catch up with him on another edition of this podcast. Um, I think the next one, what we'll do is we'll have a look where he is so far i can tell you actually he's out of ghana he's gone through togo and he's in benin but no doubt there's been some adventures along the way so we'll ask him how he's doing in the next edition of this podcast also i should mention that after that interview um i had quite a few beers and then ended up at a luxury swimming pool on the roof of an apartment with a woman who i think sells coffee no sells cocoa beans for a living it was very peculiar, um, very, very peculiar night indeed, actually. But there was me, a French woman who sold cocoa beans, an American who was sort of friends with Charlie, uh, who was a great laugh, and, and Charlie. So there was a Brit, someone from Denmark, a French woman and an American on the roof of an apartment drinking a bottle of rum. And at some point, somewhere down that bottle of rum, we decided it would be a brilliant idea to go to church at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, so I thought, well, if we're going to do something as weird as this, then, um, you know, why go to an evangelical church service above a bank in the middle of nowhere in the back streets of Accra, Ghana, for a crazy uh, all-night-long religious celebration of sorts uh, without a microphone? So I recorded some of that as well. So the next edition and the final edition of this Africa trip will be uh, a church service at 2 o'clock in the morning 
and we'll catch up with Charlie and see how he's doing now as well. So that's it for this edition. God, that was enough, wasn't it? I mean, what do you want? Blood? For goodness sake, this took me bloody ages. Uh, If you like this podcast, do donate to Charlie. And what can I say? Thanks very much for listening. I will be back for the final African edition soon. This podcast has been brought to you by me, Vinnie White. I do it for nothing and I do it for fun. But I would like to promote the fact that I make podcasts for a living now. If you want to learn more about the professional outfit, can you believe it? Professional. Uh, That is me making podcasts for various corporations, charities and indeed organisations and sometimes for fun. You can find out all kinds of information at wemakepodcasts.uk. That's wemakepodcasts.uk, my new venture. It's quite simple, really. I called it We Make Podcast because we... Yeah, you get it. All right, catch you later. Yeah.